Wake up, football fans. It's a Sunday morning encore, live from the UK. Take your seat. Only on NFL Network. Some of the brightest stars in the game are ready to light up London. Let's go! Giants. He throws it left and makes the catch. Packers. Rogers going deep. Touchdown! Wake up early and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Last spring, you chose hard-working seed. But did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort, comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed performed on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me tonight is one of my partners in crime and fellow football priests. You guys know him as Buona Beast. I saw it was, uh, uh, was it a Don, I think, said the priest and the beast on Twitter <laughs> when we yeah. like hyping up tonight's show, the, the Priest and the Beast. That's what we'll call it when, when you and I have to rock this. Or if it, it's Zach and you, I'm out somewhere, you know, have a night off. But he's John Cronenberg. John, what's going on, brother? I'm doing well. It's just been a, a great Wednesday and uh, excited to uh, see what our fans have to say. And uh, how about yourself? Dude, I'm just – I'm excited to uh, talk about a few things. First mm-hmm. and foremost is – the Vic Fangio press conference. We also got to hear from Von Miller yesterday. We also got to hear from Cortland Sutton. Each one of those press availabilities provided some really interesting choice nugs that I want to dissect with you and with the community here. But I wanted to open tonight's show by actually drawing your attention and the attention of the community to the Mile High Roundtable we published today at milehighhuddle.com, which is anytime we publish a Mile High Roundtable, it's basically the staff of MHH going around a round table to either make a prediction or try and solve a problem or whatever it might be. And you, most of you remember or know it as, you know, when we were, uh, or sharing reactions for that matter. But during the regular season, for example, we would, we make our picks and then, you know, we keep a running tally through the season. That's the mile high round table. Um, Today, though, John, let me just do a quick share screen here so people of can course. kind of follow along with us. Well, I just want to go through this really quick. The uh, point of today's Mile High Roundtable, which was organized by the great and kind Carl Dummler, is, as you can see here by the headline, identifying the Broncos' best option at right tackle to overcome, of course, the loss of Jawan James. Let me pause this ad. It's going to follow me. Just one second. And each guy kind of goes through and lays out what they think might be the best Band-Aid solution to move beyond this and kind of solidify right tackle for 2020 and maybe even beyond. And I want to go through the, the main options, including the idea of we've touched on this before. 
but the idea that I advocate here, John, in the in the roundtable is uh, let me let me go down to it real quick. Oh, one more is the idea of moving Dalton Reisner to right tackle, and then you let the chips fall at left guard in terms of is it Elijah Wilkinson, is it Natani Muti, is it Austin Schlotman? Who's it going to be? In other words, you have more depth and a slightly more proven depth at left guard or at the interior than you do at tackle. So to me, it makes a lot more sense than going out and paying through the nose to sign Cordy Glenn, although I'm not opposed to that. That would be my number two option. Or giving up of you know King's Ransom to acquire Riley Reef via trade or somebody like that. But out of the gates, what would be your gut reaction if, if the news broke across the wire tomorrow that the Broncos are going to go ahead and at least see what it looks like to have Dalton Reisner kick out to right tackle, what would your opinion on that be? You know, my opinion on that would be if it was okay by Munchak, I'm cool with it. I want to know what Munchak thinks about this. Um, so it really depends who decided to make that move. Uh, but again, it's one of those things where I think he Reisner makes sense at right tackle in many ways. Um, don't want to lose that chemistry. But again, if, if Mutai Amudi can step in, uh, if Wilkinson can step in and uh, perform better than he did at right tackle, which at times was just atrocious, uh, I think it's something we just have to look into as as the Broncos have to look into at this point. Uh, everything should be on the table. I know yeah. we're, we're crunch time when it comes to getting everybody set up and prepared for their position. It's still something to be looked at. There's two, there's two downside risks, in my opinion, to the idea of kicking Dalton Reisner out to right tackle, and neither one of them are non-starters, in my opinion. First being the fact that you risk – look, he's a 16-game starter at left guard last year as a rookie, although he suffered an injury and kind of hit a little bit of a rookie wall down the stretch. He showed great promise as a left guard, and as a coaching staff, as a front office – you should always be loath to, to risk upsetting that apple cart in terms of a player kind of forming his niche and his area or position of expertise. But in Dalton Reisner's case, I think he's got what it takes between the ears to juggle a couple of different uh, responsibilities. And we've seen different Broncos do that over the years. Most recently, of course, is the case of Elijah Wilkinson, an interior guard in 2018, a right tackle in 2019. Even before that, we saw Luis Vasquez go from right guard to right tackle when the Broncos had some problems. Alan Barber, that, that was not a great experiment either. But nevertheless, I think Dalton Reisner has what it takes between the years that that's not as big of a worry. The other concern and a reason for pause, a reason to really consider this, is I think Garrett Bowles' turnaround down the stretch last year was attributed more to the impact of Mike Munchak's coaching finally soaking in, finally assimilating into that brain of, of bowls, mm -hmm. plus the arrival of Drew Locke, who, as we've, as we've talked about on the show many times, proved to be, for quarterbacks who had at least 150 dropbacks last year, the hardest quarterback to sack in the NFL. But those two were probably the, the biggest reasons why bowls improved, but I also think there's a little bit of something to do with the chemistry and stability and strength and just – that he got from having Reisner playing next to him. I mean, this guy, Dalton Reisner, anyone that's been in the same room with Reisner will tell you this. He is a force to be reckoned with. He is a dynamic personality. I can only imagine as a teammate, John, he's extremely confident, uh, boosting, encouraging as all get out. And he's a guy that's got your back. You, you say the word, he's there for you, whatever you need type thing. And I think that 
that helped Garrett Bowles probably a lot more than people realized. So if I'm a front office and I'm a coach, I'm Vic Fangio, I'm Mike Munchak, I'm John Elway, that's a consideration. But it's not enough to completely prevent me from doing what might be the best thing. At this stage, it's what's best. you got to get the best starting five on the field. And in that sense, you also have to get those starting five have to be in the best position possible to help the team. So if you kick Dalton Reisner out to right tackle, he might not be an all-pro caliber right tackle, but I can tell you he's not going to be the sieve that Elijah Wilkinson was last year and that that position has been for the majority of John Elway's tenure in the front office. And then at left guard, you got Eli, you've got uh, Muti, and we'll see if Muti can be healthy enough to contribute. Enough bodies there where I think this is a unit that could land on its feet. I agree with many of your points taken there. Uh, I, I also think that, you know, for right tackle, it's such a more important position in terms of uh, the positional value. So let's say, you know, it, it makes uh, Reisner not be a top 10 tackle, but if he's mid, you know, mid grade kind of tackle, I'd be very happy with that. And at this point we are uh, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to those interior offense alignment. I know you feel Patrick Morris is a, a pure center. I think he also can go ahead and pull over to guard if necessary for competition. So at that point, yes, it does make sense um, that there is other options or there is better options to fill in the left guard position than there is the right guard position. And right. I think and I think it's one of those things where what's your plan for Moody uh, Mutai otherwise then? I mean, are you just going to sit him as a backup for all these years? Uh, yeah. So we have to figure out what uh, the Broncos have to figure out what they're going to do with Reisner, no matter what, unless Moody is just a backup. If that's the plan, that's fine. Uh, but yeah. otherwise, the Broncos need to know, is Reisner worth kicking out to tackle? Uh, then again, it's just going to be a great backup. We'll never really see him uh, only with an injury is the case for Moody. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is the best solution might just be staring him in the face right now in Reisner. Now I'm open to the possibility. I should say I'm open to other possibilities, including one that was put forward in the mile high round table by both Keith Cummings and Thomas Hall, which is to take a look at Donald Penn, who, you know, he's, he's way on the wrong side of 30. I think he's 37, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that or Jared Elder. But as you and I were discussing, John, before we went live here privately, Jared Veldeer, anyone who follows him on social media, you can see the pictures he posts. He's lost a lot of that playing weight. And remember, he's six foot eight. So you lose that playing weight. You stop consuming all those calories. You stop hitting the gym to lift and build mass. And that comes off these guys pretty damn quick. And in the case of Jared Veldeer at six foot eight, he just looks like a cut up, really kind of lean athlete. I think he's basically you have to take him off the table. Even if he was interested in coming back, you'd have to take him off the table as a viable option. Donald Penn, maybe more more uh, plausible as an option to come in. But the tragedy in that <clears throat> is that of all the options John Elway tried to kind of stop gap at right tackle over the years, the trade acquisition of Veldier, even though he was injured for a few games in 2018, that was the best the right tackle position has been for the Broncos for the most part, bar except for a couple of the years when Peyton was was the quarterback. So, I mean, it's it's in theory it sounds good, but practically, John, I just don't think Veld here is in the physical condition to just step in and play right tackle. I, I agree with you there. He just does not look like he has the the muscle mass that he used to. Uh, even the weight that he carried, it doesn't look like he has that anymore. Um, so he's he, he's off the table for the Broncos. I feel at this point, uh, it would be nice uh, maybe if he had a uh, off season to prepare. 
uh, along those lines, but it feels maybe a little too late at this point. Uh, I've heard some, you know, some other people's names, but again, Dotson uh, being one of those other names, I don't think you're getting someone who's much different than Donald Penn um, in terms of, you know, their older bodies uh, haven't been, you know, we don't know what their workout regimen has been. And I believe I thought uh, Penn was in the forties. I thought he had 40. So I could be wrong. Let me know in the chat. I'm going to check it on Wiki right now. Donald Penn is born in 83, so he is exactly 37. Yeah. So he's pushing 40. I mean, that's not too far away. And he didn't play last year, if I'm correct. He got to Washington. Is that right? And then – Let me see. Let me look here. So uh, 19, he signed a one-year deal. Um, Well, I don't know if he played, but he did sign in late summer. He signed a one-year deal with the Redskins. I'd have to research that, to be honest. I don't want to steer anybody wrong. Of course. There are a lot of different options. I would encourage each and every one of you to go read the article. I just put the link in the chat stream. When the podcast is over, go check it out. Some interesting sources of inspiration there if you're John Elway, if you're this Broncos team trying to figure out the best thing. But, again, I maintain, you know, and this wasn't something I would have advocated a few months ago because you had Juwan James. You know, you keep Dalton Reisner at left guard, and you just kind of figure out what to do with Muti when you know he's a thing, when you know he's been able to stay healthy and he's a he's become a force to be reckoned with. You let those chips fall, then make a decision. But with James gone, that might be the best, most efficient way. But, gang, we want to get to what's on your mind here in just a second. We want to talk about Fangio, Miller, Sutton, what they had to say in their press conference on Tuesday. First, though, a couple of really quick matters of business. Gang, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what we're doing here in real time. And then while you're at it, make sure you also follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. You check those two boxes, so to speak, on Twitter. You're not going to miss anything as it relates to MHH, the podcast, or your favorite team, the Denver Broncos. And then also, gang, just a gentle reminder, if you're in a position, check out our merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. And get your swag on. We've got the Let Them Hate shirts. And, John, they've been flying off the shelf since we debuted them. Uh, these were yeah. here that, uh, that Zach designed. The back shows uh, shows the uh, – let's see. Actually, what does the back say? I forget now. Oh, yeah, locked in. As you can see here, it says locked in as a hashtag and then the huddle up uh, logo. Anyway, there's face masks. There's hats. There's hoodies. It's another way to support what we do here at MHH if you're in a position to contribute in that way. If you're not, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here. Each and every one of you can do these three things, whether you're listening live or after the fact on demand as a podcast. Make sure you're subscribed first and foremost. This is especially crucial on YouTube, gang. If about 25, 30% of our audience, and this is a number that's fallen, but still about a quarter of the audience watches every single podcast, every single live stream each and every evening, but they're not subscribed That one little thing, by subscribing, you guys have no idea how much it can help the channel. So subscribe, like this video, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, wherever, and share it out there if you really like what we're doing. And then one last thing, John, we'll get to Glenn's awesome super chat here. I want to draw everyone's attention to, and I'm going to put this link in the chat stream. But oftentimes, we have members of our Facebook community. They see how active the community is on YouTube. They see people showing support financially on super chat. And Facebook wants to know and understand how they can support what we do here at MHH. There's now an option for our Facebook community to do that. And I'm going to put it right here in the chat stream. It's basically to become an official supporter of MHH. We're going to start putting together some unique content and 
and kind of members only access. This is on YouTube and Facebook for what it's worth. These We're going to put special content for our members here in the very near future. But that's one way. If you're on Facebook and you don't spend a lot of time on YouTube, but you're watching each and every podcast, you're reading all the articles, that's one thing you can do. And I just put the link in the chat so it'll show up on Facebook for you. Hit that link, become a supporter, and it's another way to, to help kind of support what we're doing here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, John, let's grab Glenn. Show him some super chat. The man with the most bad ass man cave, Bronco man cave that I've seen. He says, and thank you for the super chat, Glenn. Appreciate you. He says, Vaughn's press conference yesterday was the best I've ever seen him. Self-reflective, humble, personable with the reporters. His leadership level should be sky high this year. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag cool hand Duke. Hashtag TR tomorrow. Terry Randall. That's right. We got Terry tomorrow. It's going to be about that. We're still going on at number seven. Let me really quick here. I should have had this queued up, but let me just pull up real quick. Von Miller, because we talked about uh, last week when, when Vic Fangio had his first presser and we kind of clowned a little bit and laughed about how on one hand he compliments Vaughn and says that he's had a great off season and he looks good. And then he says it's kind of an underhanded compliment where he's actually yeah. kind of dissing him a little by saying, I think he's hungrier than he's been, you know, in recent years, the implication there being that he wasn't as motivated or as hungry as he should have been. Well, Vaughn actually agreed with him in so many words when he took to the podium, uh, so to speak. Yesterday was, of course, another virtual press conference. But, John, I want to read part of this clip here for our listeners. I would play it, but I don't want to get any copyright strikes. But here's what he said. There were three things, John, that motivated this new hunger and this this kind of sparked Vaughn in the offseason. One was the death of Kobe. That really hit him. That really struck him. And that happened about the time of the Pro Bowl, and he and his fellow Pro Bowlers, they all kind of weathered that and grieved that storm together. Then the pandemic hit, and his entire offseason plan got canceled, everything from all of his endorsements to his travel trips. Uh, he talked about going to musical festivals, things that he normally does in the offseason that are all kind of distracting, but they're things that NFL players kind of have to do to keep themselves sane. they got to have some kind of a life outside of football. So that was the second thing, the pandemic hit, where he was like, you know what? I what else can I do except work, uh, work my rear end off and, and focus on building my body and getting in the zone? Then, John, he saw The Last Dance, which, of course, everyone knows ESPN debuted during the real height of the lockdowns across the country where, I mean, they were the ratings on The Last Dance were phenomenal. And I want to read this quote here. He said, that's what I did. I got lost uh, in that. 
the, the last dance came out and I watched what Michael Jordan was doing back in his prime. And I asked myself, Michael Jordan was the best that ever played. Was I really making that commitment to the game? Was I really doing the same things that he did? Kobe was one of the best players that ever played. Was I really doing the things that Kobe was doing? Was I demanding more out of my teammates? Was I demanding more out of myself? I looked in the mirror and I said, I wasn't. I just tried to change that. And I tried to work as hard as I possibly could. I did not take uh, any days off. I didn't go on any vacations and I didn't do anything but work out, grind and reinvest all that time that I would usually spend on endorsements. I just reinvested that time back into myself, close quote, which John, I mean, if that level of focus and commitment, if he's really looking at the Jordans and the Kobe's of their realm and saying, look, I got to do what it takes to be that great in my realm. The NFL, watch out, because he might break down the doors in 2020. I mean, and just looking at the, the photographs of people that have taken of him, he looks bigger. He looks he looks lean. He looks like he's ready to go. He has that right mindset going right now that he's the leader of this team. He's going to make this team give them that, um, that leadership. And it, it's just one of those things where it, it's something where – you don't see that in Jawan James. This is a real leader, a real person who is dedicated to making the Broncos become, turn everything around and get back to the playoffs. He does not see one Super Bowl being enough in my mind. Uh, he wants to be one of the all-time greats. I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Smith's record for sacks is on his to-beat list. I mean, the, the guy just just – it feels like he has the desire this year. Not like he, not like he didn't have it last year. It's just he came in a little bit more skinny. Was kind of more of his Gumby feel like. Uh, this year, I feel like he's going to be that leader for Chubb for the whole defense essentially, and be able to help the offense uh, and help them lead in any way that they need. Being younger. Real quick, John. Yes. I don't know if you can carefully scroll the the, the chat. It jumped on me to the la- the next closest for- is Stu, and that jumped a lot of supers, including Mark, Duke, Mundunga. We got Mark. Yeah, you got Mark. Let's grab him. Yeah, quick. we do. Mark Langley. So we got- 1999. What's up, my guys? Mr. James number 70 is the broken handle on the used <laughs> toilet bowl without uh, that you can that you can't flush two big turds <laughs> down uh, the command. Co- Commode. Commode. Sorry. Uh, so he just opted out with an out of service sign saying better flush next time. Hashtag <laughs> MHH. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I do laugh at that for the haters on uh, Apple Podcasts that that uh, like to hate on this. I do laugh at it because I have the sense of humor of a 14-year-old, and I love it, Mark. Thank you, my friend. You bring the levity. You help us laugh, and we yeah. love it in the community. And I know you've been working hard. You're grinding, doing your thing, so you haven't been able to be in as many chats in terms of the entire stream, each podcast, but we're happy when you're, when you're able to join us. We appreciate your generosity and your humor as always. Besides me butchering that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you took away some of the uh, impact. That de vive. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think you had another one too. Did, uh, did Mark, I don't know if I can do it. I just, the old got, too. I just got jumped myself. Okay. Um, grab it. I'm not, uh, at six foot ten, so six nineteen. Okay. All right, bear uh, with us one second. Uh, yeah. Of course, we have we have John in the. Uh, appreciate you, Mundungus. We're going to get to your super as well, my friend. The wizard, the wizard in the in the house. All right, this is Mark Langley's other super chat right here. 
And as always, you know, we love you, my friend. He says with a $10 super, this one is for John. Hashtag Buana Beast. Very kind. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. Also, we got the Duke. The Duke is in the house. And Duke, you know, it pains me that I can't just put your super on the screen. I have to paste it in like this so we can't see your profile pic. But the effect, trust me, for John and I is still there. It's, it's going to cut off some of it, but bear with me here. He says, how many players is it going to take opting out this year before the NFL scraps the season? This season is already going to look weird, but the no-no word <clears throat> is forcing fans to brace for the worst. I honestly, there's, I really don't feel like the season's in doubt. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I think the owners and the players, listen, I sat in on the NFLPA, the, uh, the meetings and what the discussions they're having with the NFL. And they are as committed and motivated to play the season as the owners are. They want to make that money. They want to provide that escape for the country. I mean, NFL is king. Football is king, period, when you include college. But the NFL is king. I had a friend, for example, that called me yesterday. And he said, Chad, is, is the season going to happen? Because I need football. And he wasn't just being – I mean, he, was, he meant it. He's like, look, dude, I, I need it in my life. I could, cannot imagine going an entire year without football. Like, I need that in my life or I'm going to go crazy. And that's something that the NFL and the players, for what it's worth, recognize as well. But really, John, when you boil it down, it's about the dollar-dollar bills. And the owners and the players together, they want to make that money. So as players continue to opt out and the Juwan Jameses and the for the Broncos anyway and the, and the Kyle Peckos opt out, another man, just like whack-a-mole, steps in, next man up, take his place. The same is going to happen across the NFL. Now, it's not going to be any kind of a drop in quality like the replacement squads from back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Some teams are going to have to roll with those punches and fill those positions as best they can with the next man up and then find someone off the street to replace where the next man up was when he got promoted. That's just the way it's going to be. I'm honestly not worried. And I think when you look at how comprehensive, John, the Broncos plan, which has been lauded by the NFL, it's been lauded by the Colorado Department of Health for its uh, comprehensiveness and just its painstaking level of prophylactic, preventative. I mean, it's, it's really there. I mean, there was even that missed. I had a – who was it that reached out to me today on email? I think it was medium.com uh, had an article on that missed. If you guys missed it, <laughs> pardon the pun, if you missed it, there was a clip the Broncos shared earlier in the week a few days ago that showed the team emerging from the locker room out onto the practice field outside at UC Health Training Center, and they walk through what looks like a metal detector type, you know, rect- door rectangular shape, and as they pass under it, it sprays a disinfectant. And uh, I'm not going to bog down the podcast by going into that. I had an email that was sent to me today that helped explain what that stuff was. But that's just one example of the, the lengths that the Broncos are going to to try and mitigate this thing down to where it's not an issue. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to rear its ugly head at times this year. I think it will. Players will test positive. Players will have to go on the CV reserve list for two weeks and the, the NFL is just going to have to figure out how to roll with those punches. But I do think, and especially as, you know, it seems like this second wave is starting to die down a little bit across the country. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the optimistic, you know, the silver lining. I'm not so worried about that Duke. Yeah. And I think, again, I'm not worried about talent either. We saw Mike Purcell. We saw, um, we saw a few players come up from the AAF. 
um, essentially, and they were ready to perform. Uh, Purcell, number one guy for uh, the Broncos in terms of run-stuffing capability. Bosby came in and uh, was a part of the AAF as well. Uh, So we have two players that could possibly uh, be a big part for the Broncos at this time that were just off-the-street kind of players that no one thought anything of. So there is bodies out there. There is going to be more room for some new guys uh, when it comes to that issue. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Mondungus showed, as he is wont to do, some big-time generosity on Super Chat. And it cuts off part of it. It only it can only show up to 200 characters in these banners we put on. But I'll read it and then read it off the uh, analytics. Mundungus, really appreciate that generosity, my friend. And uh, we want to – we're looking forward to having you on the show soon. I think end of August. I think we have it penciled in if you can do it, Mike or uh, Mundungus. Um, last Wednesday, so the 26th of August. If you can make that work, let us know. We, we'll have you on the show if for a superstar segment. But anyway, appreciate you as always, my friend. He says, what's up, guys? Just drove 10 hours to Indianapolis for my grandma's memorial. For those of you who might have missed it, as we learned last week, yeah. uh, his, his grandma had a stroke, and she passed very shortly after. We didn't announce that, I don't think, on the show. We didn't want to no. speak for speak for Mundungus. But we're, we're sorry to hear that, my friend, and our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. He says, but I'm still able to catch you. I think that with Wilkinson knowing for a fact that he is the right tackle and not practicing at many different spots, he could improve over last season. So the idea, John, being that now that he knows there's no ifs, ands, or buts, he's just going to be plugged. The team tells him you're just going to be the right tackle, that that might help simplify things, help him focus instead of playing a little left tackle on the second team, 
playing a little guard here and there. I'm just the right tackle. Do you think, based on what you saw from Eli playing the right tackle last year, that that could be a solution? I think Fangio is expressing that is a possible solution. Uh, he's saying, you know, he that Elijah Wilkinson, he had 800, 900 snaps at right tackle, that it would give some continuity there. And at this point, it sounds like that's where uh, it's going to land. If you have the, can- the confidence of Fangio be- behind you, you're in good shape. Um, and, you know, one thing that Fangio did say, though, is that there is going to be problems with depth. It's going to be a challenge. And he was honest with that. Uh, so I think no matter what, where you go, you're going to have tr- troubles with depth, no matter what right tackle you decide to plug in. If, it, if it's Reisner, you're going to still have problems with depth. So. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the biggest, you know, in terms of rolling with the punches. That's going to be some a, a thorn in the, in the side of the Broncos this year and pretty much every team in the league, especially, I mean, you look at the way the Patriots have been decimated by not only positive tests, but opt outs. I mean, it's, and then that comes in the wake of losing Tom Brady and uh, it's going to, I mean, his acumen as the greatest coach of NFL, you know, that reputation Belichick has right up there with Vince Lombardi and, and uh, Bill Walsh is the greatest coach head coach in NFL history. That's going to be put to the test this year in a big, bad way. Uh, Zeus McPeak jumping in as always from MHH Mount Rushmore, showing love on Super Chat. He uh, made a trek from the Pacific Northwest to his new digs in Texas, and it sounds like you made it safe and sound. We're glad to hear that. Stu, yeah. appreciate you, bro. He says, John, you are a legit rock star. Thanks for the hard work. Thank you, Stu, and I hope uh, best wishes to your new position, everything that you're going through. I know you're about to move into your uh, new house kind of kind of at the end of this month, so hopefully the rental is, you know, you're able to work with it for a little bit. We got Adan. Am I pronouncing that name, your name correctly, my friend? If I'm not, dude, correct me on it. Give me the, give me the pronunciation, but a uh, six-foot-ten Mexican on YouTube. Appreciate the super chat. He says, I'm ready, coach, the priest and the beast. Hashtag state of being. Love it, dude. Appreciate your support as always, my friend, and your uh, engagement on social media. It's it's a joy for us to see, and we love engaging with you. So appreciate you, my friend. Make sure you check out his podcast, um, Broncos Bronco Talk. Oh, man. I don't know if that's it, but it's something like that. Hit him up. He's, he's just getting it started and could use some support from the community there. All right, we got Terry. Terry. North of the 49th parallel, proving, as always, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a hashtag state of being. It's wherever you are, gang. He says, tomorrow is going to be awesome. Can't wait. And beauty of the beast, he says. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be the seventh superstar segment on the Huddle Up podcast. Terry specifically requested. He said, hey, I want to come on. Yes. And when I do, I want to be the seventh show. And that was originally going to be tonight, as most of you know. But with Zach on vacay, he'll be back tomorrow. We thought, you know what, let's push it one day so that we can have the entire band. Yeah. When yeah. Uh, T- Terry's been here for so long, and you know he's been very patiently waiting. One more day, it's not going to hurt, and that way I can be in the back, kind of producing, make sure everyone's questions are answered for Terry, and he can have a, a great night because it's going to be, it really will be. Uh, on fire with with Terry as well as Zach coming back for his birthday. Amen to that. All right, before we get to some of the other great superstars and comments and questions in the in the chat stream, I want to grab this quickly from James, who is always good at providing some additional data 
gives us insight. He says on Donald Penn, he did play in all 16 games. He started 15, played 884 snaps on offense, 94% of Washington's total, played another 12 on special teams, 3% of their total. So he is, I would assume, John, in relative playing shape, right, in terms of any any free agent who didn't get signed in the spring, they stay in shape, they stay ready to go so that when the phone rings from that team Mm -hmm. that, you know, on the – Doorstep of the season, like we saw with Evan Mathis back in 2015, they are ready. So let, me, let, let me ask you, Chad, do you think the Broncos are really wanting to go out there and spend that money ASAP? No. I think they want to keep it. I think, you know, like every team, they're nervous about the future. The Broncos want to make sure they have a little bit extra cash. I do not know what's going on with the ownership and the trustees. I think they want to keep some of that money as much as possible, really. Uh, so uh, the price really depends. Yeah, I mean, John Elway admitted that the uncertainty, financial uncertainty of the, of the near future in 2021 salary cap played a role in the failure to come to terms with Justin Simmons. After all of the positive, you know, messaging during the offseason from Elway, basically making it sound like matter of course, and all the previous precedent for that matter, Elway, every, up until Simmons, every franchise player he had tagged, he had come to an agreement on a long-term deal in, t- in time for the deadline. That precedent broke in large part, not just because of whatever Simmons asked was, was a bridge too far. I think if it's a normal off season, that's they bite the bullet and they just pay him. They just say, all right, you know, get as close to we can. And I think, you know, Simmons sees the good faith effort. They make a deal. He signed up, but they don't want to set the new market for a safety with such uncertain future financially for the team and, and for the league. And so if that played a role in that decision, I, I got to assume that they're going to kind of keep the uh, purse strings tight this summer, mm-hmm. unless it's just an absolute screeching necessity. They don't want to spend the money. And we got Mike Evans, a superstar jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate you, Mike. Love the profile yeah. picture to this day. Got the stadium in the background, the football priest t-shirt. Love it. He says due to our O-line challenges, I'm changing my win total from uh, to nine and seven, but we still make the playoffs. John, considering that one extra team gets in now uh, into the playoff gauntlet, going from six teams making it in each conference to seven, nine and seven. I think the Titans made the postseason last year at nine and seven, so it's definitely possible that if they did finish nine and seven, they would at least be in the in the conversation for you know one of those three spots. Yeah, I think that's one of those, uh, again, it's going to be tight battle. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as obvious as it was before where we felt, uh, where the Broncos felt we could get 10 wins or something like that. Uh, it, it definitely changed how the makeup of this team is going to be moving forward. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We got Ryan. Well, it's good to good to have you. He's watching on Twitter on Periscope. Thanks for checking in with us, my dog. It's good to yeah. see you. Welcome. And uh, stick around. Hang out with us. All right, let's grab Justin May also showing some love on Super Chat. You guys rock. Great job, he says. Hashtag go Broncos. Appreciate that, Justin. Really do. And make sure most of the regular superstars in the community know this, but if you're new on Super Chat, Make sure you reach out on Twitter and connect with me, with John, with Zach, with the Huddle Up Podcast, so that we know what your Twitter account is, so that we can shout you out after each and every podcast. That's something that we like to do. So that's to to uh, to uh, Justin and to Dylan here. Oops, oh, hold on. Grab, that, grab that one second. Dylan W. Yeah. Jones as well. No message that I see here, John, but a very generous super chat. Thank of you. Dylan. Make sure you connect yeah. with us on, on social. I was just going to grab the – Eddie J. Yeah. I do have my hat. It's ready. I thought I was going to go without it, but hey, if you guys want it, it's on. Looks good. Looks good. All right. I want to grab a few here before we get back to the community. I want to bring up a few of these points that Vic Fangio elucidated on Tuesday. First and foremost, John, out of the gates, he addressed um, Bryce Callahan's health. And this was something we had heard. Eric Trickles talked about this a few times on his podcast on Dove Valley Deep Divers, that Bryce Callahan had lost a little bit of weight because he, he got a stomach bug. It wasn't the word that she'll go and mention. It was a, some kind of a stomach virus. But in regard to his health and where he might line up in the secondary, Fangio said, quote, Bryce's health is good. A week or 10 days before we came back, he got sick. Not the word that she'll go and mention sick. He had a stomach virus and he lost some weight. So we have to get that back on him. His foot right now is fine, no problems. We're going to work him at both spots, meaning boundary and nickel corner, playing corner, nickel, along with obviously a bunch of other people at both positions. We'll see how it unfolds by the time we line up against Tennessee. But Callahan is going to work both spots, close quote. John, nothing that is particularly earth-shattering in terms of news, except for the fact that he is going to play both. I think he's going to be your number two corner in base defense playing boundary opposite of Bouye. Then when it goes into, into nickel or dime, he's going to kick inside and play the slot. I, I agree. I think that's pretty much what he's going for here. Uh, he's going to still allow competition, though. So uh, whoever wants to try to step up and unseat him, there's going to be an option there, uh, especially when he kicks in for nickel. We'll see what happens there for the, the next corner spot. Uh, if it's Michael O or whoever, it's going to step up really. All right. In regard to Jawan James saying in his statement following his decision to opt out that a false narrative was painted on him due to comments about his knee last year, which were basically comments that Vic Fangio made, that he's got to get his mind right, he's got to you know, get his body right, get his mind right, kind of hinting at 
does he want to what's his focus how bad does he want to be on on this team how bad does he want to play Jawan James took of course great exception to that called it a false narrative claimed that he tore partially tore a meniscus in that week one uh, actually I think it was he says he I think now that I I think back John the torn meniscus came when he tried to go again in week eight at Indy so he initially sprained his knee against the Raiders in the opener then he's on ice for seven weeks, comes back, plays week eight on the road at Indy. I think it was in that game that he claims he suffered a partial meniscus tear. And then the Broncos, in his estimation, basically tried to rush him back on the field. His knee was given out in week 14 on the road in Houston, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, Fangio at that time in the season, later in the year, is, is when he's fielding questions about James, is saying, look, you know, he's got to get his mind right. Here's what. Fangio said in regard to James saying it was a false narrative, et cetera, quote, and whether or not that factored into his decision to opt out, quote, no, I don't think it factored into it at all. Jawan and I had several conversations in the offseason. They were all very good and productive. I don't think it had any bearing on his decision to opt out whatsoever. He was training to have a good season all through the offseason. I thought he had a good offseason. We spoke many times down towards the end here. When we had to make a decision, he chose to opt out, which is his choice, and we're fine with it, close quote. Because of the, I guess, John, at the risk of, of seeming mean and bitter and uncaring about players, they have to say they're fine with it. They have to say we understand and, you know, it's his right. There is no way on God's green earth the Broncos were okay and fine with Juwan James after missing – and playing only 63 snaps last year and missing almost the entire season after collecting 17 million bucks. The John Elway and Vic Fangio were like, you know, it is his right to, to uh, go ahead and opt out. Let's let him do that. And, you know, we're fine. with. It. I just don't buy that, but it's something he's got to say as the head coach. I agree. I think this is just posturing at this point. It's one of those things where the Broncos are not happy with this. There's there's no way that they are. No way that John Elliott went into this thinking, hey, he's not going to play any games for those first two seasons, even though the, the contract's being extended to next year. There's no way that anyone's really happy with this. You just have to say the right things in order to have the right PR kind of perception. You don't want to be different than the other teams. But this is this is really – not their true opinion. I think him just saying, and we're fine with that, is him saying, Fangio saying, yeah, we're fine with it. But, yeah. you know, you know, he's saying it like, fine. You know, it, it's it's past, it's done, we're done. Next. If he could, if he could, he would get rid of him next year. I'm sure the team would love to part ways. Uh, Cap-wise, not sure if that's going to be a real possibility. Doesn't sound like it without, you know, it, it just doesn't sound like it. But the team would love to just walk away, be done with this. And the, the Dolphins are still having a good time laughing, even though they can't catch a break themselves and are going to ride out with a, another top five, you know, top five pick. And for what it's worth, gang, we're not reporting that the Broncos want to move on from James next year. We're just saying in a perfect world, I think they think they've seen enough, you know, once bitten, twice shy in, in, in regards to now twice bitten, twice shy, I guess, in regards to. Uh, Jawan James, they don't really have the prerogative to move on from him next year, unfortunately, because right. that contract that he was set to make this year gets kicked into next year and it's fully guaranteed, basically. So unless they were able to trade him, he's a Bronco next year. I don't think – I'm thinking back to the article we read from Bob Morris. I don't think the flexibility to make a move on from James comes now until 
2022 for the Broncos. So, but I agree with you. I think that in a perfect world, if they had the freedom to make that type of a decision financially, the stakes weren't what they are. I think you gotta, you gotta believe that they're extremely, extremely disappointed. Um, And I would say like crushingly disappointed. They probably saw it coming, but still just crushed it that their $52 million right tackle is still just nowhere to be found. Uh, Chris Hernandez, Bonafide superstar jumping in, showing generosity as always. He is so consistent, John. Very generous super chat. Thank you, Chris. He says, the defense should take the next step forward. The offense has promised what has really changed for the special teams, though. He's wondering, new punter, maybe a new returner. Will it be better? And by the way, everyone, hashtag click those little two medium thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, Chris. Um, Chris knew I was, was uh, you know, worried about my thumb size, so he, he switched it up. So I appreciate that. What's changed in, on special teams? Yeah, Sam Martin came in to replace Colby Wadman at punter. Yeah. My guess is there's a – well, it's not a guess. There's a, probably about a 50-50 chance that you're going to see a new new returner for the Broncos, both at the punter and or punt return and kick return level. And they're going to have a new long snapper. It's either going to be Jacob Bobenwire or uh, Wes Farnsworth is, are the two guys that are battling it out this summer for, for uh, the long snapper. So aside from that, it really just comes down to, you know, improved depth improves your, social, your uh, special teams. In the case of Tom McMahon, believe it or not, I know he's got a bad rap. And Zach loves to just, I don't want to say hate on McMahon, but he's very critical of Tom McMahon. But he, believe it or not, Tom McMahon had a sternly – reputation as a special teams coordinator and still does in the NFL. Now there might be a little bit of bloom off that rose because his last couple of years have not been, they've, they've been lackluster to be honest. And especially in terms of punt and kick coverage too uh, too loosey goosey, too many big returns given up and execution has been lacking. But John, I honestly chalk that up more to the fact that you're that the Broncos the last few years have really lacked depth. This isn't the, we, we used to talk about this at MHH back in the height of the Peyton Manning years. The Broncos were able to cultivate elite depth at pretty much across the board. And that's why they were perennial playoff contender and they had the franchise quarterback and it, it was what it was. But that has since suffered dramatically. And when your quality of depth goes down, well, who do you think's playing special teams? Who's out there chasing down punts and kicks? It's the depth guys. And when that quality goes down, you're going to see quality there. And so you would hope that the coaches – by virtue of Tom McMahon's expertise and act. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Acumen as a special teams coach of many years, many uh, over a decade in the NFL, that that would bridge the gap from whatever they're lacking depth-wise playing special teams, that his expertise, X's and O's, whatever, would bridge the gap, but we just haven't seen that shake out. So other than the new faces, it's hard to say that anything is going to necessarily be changed on special teams. That's another thing we got to see come out in the wash. Yeah, I agree again wholeheartedly. Uh, there's nothing I, I would argue with, so let's get back to the chat and get Madonna's. He's in. Mundungus is back in. I'm in. Okay, so that's the – that is August 26th. Okay, sounds good, brother. Thanks. Appreciate the super. You know, we love you. Excited to see to you, me. as yeah. always. David Kilgore, appreciate you, my friend, jumping in. So consistent. MHH Mount Rushmore member. Look at that. Beautiful profile pic. I would be wearing that mask right now, too, if it didn't muffle my face. I love it, dude. It looks – Bad A with that hat as well. He says, I am a teacher and they're having trouble or figuring out whether we're going to have school in person or not. Doing a great job, Beast. Hope everyone stays safe. Yeah, that's a question that is still, you know, for the most part across the country is a question still in doubt. Some states are going to allow kids to go back like two days uh, and then three days they continue to do the virtual learning. Some states are being a lot less stringent on allowing in-person learning. Uh, it just kind of depends case by case, state by state, county by county, school district by school district. But, you know, I just based on the data, I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole, but let me just say this. I hope that kids are able to get back to school sooner than later. That's just what I want to leave it as. And for in your case, David, is for teachers. I hope that the decision makers can come up with good solutions to do the best they can to mitigate any potential risk for you guys. And I know in your case, if I'm not mistaken, you rolled with the punches with that bug not too long ago yourself and vanquished it, if I'm not mistaken. So you, uh, you're, a tough, you're a tough guy there, David. Yeah, and uh, for six foot ten, I guess it's, uh, for his podcast, it's Broncos Talk, if you want to go ahead and check that out. There you uh, go. I'm sure it's a great listen. And okay. according to Christy, her kids start tomorrow, and they're on- online only. So okay. I know we're getting down the stretch, so let's hit some of these supers and uh, get going. Okay, Zach, web design. He's working on a special project for us. We're going to debut that here in the very near future. Appreciate your generosity, my friend. He says, just showing some love. Hashtag MHH. Hashtag family is the best. Appreciate that, Zach. Thank you. And I did see your last DM to me. I'll be replying later tonight when the workload calms down a little bit. I'll get back to you. Uh, What else we got here? Here. We got that one. We got Chris. Oh, yeah, okay. Love you, Chris. Appreciate you, dog. Um, mine just did the jump. So while you maybe uh, – I'm going slowly. Yeah, bear with us one sec, gang. Don't want to get a jump, and I just got a jump. Okay, so I'm here at Holden. Let's grab Holden, and then I'll check the back end on YouTube and see if we missed anyone. Perfect. Appreciate you jumping in, as always, Holden. He says, what's up, Chad and Beast? Keep up the great work. Thank you. Which camp battles are you looking forward to, and who do you think comes out on top? I uh, 
produced an article not last weekend, the weekend before, deep dive, long form analysis on the 10 camp battles that I'm looking forward to most. And I'm just, for the sake of time here, going to boil it down to the number one that I'm looking forward to. And I think most fans will agree with me on this. And that is Philip Lindsay versus Melvin Gordon, the battle for RB1. So far, so good in terms of they are, you know, they're, they're making friends. But it's, in many cases, they're in, in many sense. That was bad grammar. They are frenemies. They're both vying for the same job, just like on on uh, Highlander. There can be only one. That was something Melvin Gordon said in an interview with uh, who was it? Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yep, I know there can only be one number one guy. He wants it to be him. Philip Lindsay says, "Look, it's going to be me. You got to get through me. This is my team." The chips are going to fall. I, I'm still not going to bet against Philip Lindsay, but there's 16 million reasons, really dang good reasons, why Melvin Gordon might end up on top. And it's, I, I just hope that the coaching staff may keep it a level playing field and allow it to simply be dictated by play and impact, not financial considerations. I agree there. And, uh, yeah, don't have much to add. Let's just go on to the next one. But I would say, by the way, hope. Check out that article. I don't have time to go find the link, um, but it's you know about a week back on MHH at milehighhuddle.com. You can find it there and give it a read. There's some deep dive analysis for you there. Real quick, John, it went yeah. from we're, – we're actually caught up. So we go to KP and BG, and we're caught up, and we can go back to some of these other things that Perfect. Angio said here. KP, in the house, great to have you on again, Buana. The show doesn't when you're on hashtag natural. Now that's a, that's a confidence booster right there, John. Yes, it is. And I really appreciate that KP. Uh, you know, when I'm uh, in the chat, I love talking to you. I love talking to all of you. So if I haven't had a chance to shout you out yet or anything like that, you know that you guys mean uh, the world to me. And I do look forward to having our chats every single day and trying to make sure we can squeeze your questions in uh, when I can. I want to grab this question from Charlie Beagle. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the question, Charlie. Thanks for hanging out with us on YouTube, my friend. He says, why are we always so heavily dependent on one or two guys each and every year? That gets built up more so in the media and, mm-hmm. and in the fan base. You know, the fan, fan base is fed by what they read and see and watch in the media. And I think in the case of Juwan James, like last year, it felt like, man, you just spend all this money on him and then he goes down. What are we going to do? For the most part, even though it was lackluster and there were different times in the season where it really bit the Broncos in the rear end, especially uh, against the Chiefs, all those sacks relinquished on Flacco. There was a few games in particular where Wilkinson was a true liability out there. But for the most part, it never ends up being as big of a hit as it feels like it's going to be. And I think that's going to hold true this year, to be honest with you. I think whatever the solutions that ends up being at right tackle, even if it ends up being Wilkinson, look, there are going to be times where it's not pretty. There's going to be times where he misses that block and Drew Locke gets sacked or whatever. There will be times where he gets beat and decides to jerk the guy and hold him so Drew Locke doesn't get murdered on the field. Those times are going to come, but I honestly don't think if if you know recent history is any indication that it's going to be so bad that it derails the season. So in that sense, I see what you mean why we're you know the heavily dependent. But I think this year is just going to be another example, John, of seeing the Broncos basically make lemonade here make lemonade out of a tough situation and look as long as you got the right quarterback which at this point it feels like the broncos do feels like drew lock is the truth 
they're the tide that raises all ships. They can cover holes by virtue of having that one position solved. You can get by with less than perfect uh, roster personnel placements, you know, across the roster. So I wouldn't worry so much about that. It'll work out, I believe. Yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, it's, it's one of those things, every team's going to have holes. Every team's going to have battles there. It's just the way the NFL is with the way that the roster is structured. You're going to have camp battles. I'm interested in the camp battle for uh, who's going to take that uh, defensive end spot. Is it going to be Harris? Is it going to be Jones? That's one I'm interested in. Uh, but we also spoke about that the other day for building the Broncos. So I'm sure y'all can watch that. If you'd like to learn more about the defensive line. Absolutely. Sorry. Got Brian Greenfield here giving us $5. Really appreciate that, Brian. Uh, it means a lot to us and love your support. You're always here, always watching. So that again, means the world to us. Appreciate you BG. All right. I think we're caught up if yeah. on super chat. Now that'll give okay, us. Time that'll, here. Oh, wait. Yeah. Just saying, just saying hello. And uh, yeah, Chris, thanks Christopher. Appreciate it. Are you on Twitter? Because I tried to figure out which Chris you were on Twitter. Uh, what was it? Monday night. Couldn't figure it out, so I couldn't tag you. But if you're on Twitter, reach out and let me know who you are so that I can uh, connect with you and tag you after this show. And thank you for your support of MHA. Of uh, look at this one. BG, oh, welcome to MHH, John K. Brian, yeah, he should get on Twitter because John – look, John's actually new to Twitter. John got on Twitter like a lot of our, our listeners did because I cracked the whip on I was like, dude, get on Twitter. Yeah. You're not on Twitter. He's like, all right, I'll get on Twitter. This dude is like a natural-born Twitter dweller. John blocks <laughs> at Twitter. And BG, I think if you got on Twitter, you might find a similar uh, liking to the platform. But, John, you do a great job, man. You find interesting things to tweet. You're great at promoting MHH. You're great at promoting other Broncos content. And when the Broncos tweet and cool, John's a great follow. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I try to make sure that, you know, I can reach out to any one of our fans. If you're there, I'll speak to you. Ask me any questions about anything. I, I, it doesn't have to just be football. I still love to talk football. But, yes, uh, I'm glad to talk anything. And just uh, hit me up when you have the chance. Okay. Duke jumping in as he yeah. is want to do. Rocking the is it, do they call that a Stetson? What do they call that hat? That cowboy hat? I don't know. I'm not very versed in the in the ways of our country, brethren. But I love you, Duke. You are the man. He says for beast, yeehaw! Keep up the great work. Means a lot to us, my friend. Um, and then one more here, and then I want to grab from Terry, and then we'll get back to Fangio. He says, "Keep the chat rocking, peeps." Hashtag Broncos World. There we go. Appreciate you, Terry. Yeah. You are the man. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow, my dog. All right. Real quick, John, before we bounce on out, mm -hmm. I want to address the fact that he, Vic Fangio was asked, so, you know, hey, is Garrett Bowles still competing for left tackle or is this basically now just, you know, it's his job to, yeah. et cetera. He said, look, right now, to be honest with you, I'd have to say left tackle is Garrett's job to lose, which is no surprise. I mean, it was always Garrett's job to lose. Even before John James decided to opt out, I've been telling you guys on this podcast, so is Zach. It's a, it's a passive-aggressive move, the idea of Elway talking about it in the press, that Elijah Wilkinson was going to compete with Bowles for left tackle. That was all there for uh, court of public opinion, for PR purposes, and to motivate Bowles. But in actuality, Bowles was never in doubt of losing that job. Ever. 
unless the injury bug jumped up and, and bit him, which, you know, you, we can hate on Bowles, we can clown on him, we can criticize him. But the one thing you got to give the man his props on, he's never missed a start. He's always available for his team. And because of that, he doesn't have anything to worry about this year in terms of losing that job. Yeah, I think, it, again, it's one of those things where I heard him say, from what I heard Fangio say, you know, it, it's his job to lose. We really just uh, – the Broncos just do not have anyone to put in there at this point. The depth is going to the right side uh, at this point, and that's where the focus has to be. I don't think there was a lot of positivity in his in Fangio's statement saying, oh, my – you know, I'm trusting this guy. I, I have the confidence in the world of him. It sounded like a uh, – again, he said, you know – cautiously optimistic stuff like that just does not make you feel all the the good feelings you want with your left tackle and with your right tackle out yep. the, the only benefit i see with all this going on right now for the broncos is at least next year when uh they're trying to find a new left tackle as it's presumed at this point uh at least they don't have to find two tackles it'll be in stagnant years all right um one other thing I wanted to bring up here, we didn't get time to get into Cortland Sutton. He had some really interesting remarks. Maybe we can touch on them tomorrow night if we get some time. Yeah. But something that Von Miller said, I want to get back to in regards to whether or not he seriously considered opting out, what's motivating him this year. We already explained to you what really the three things that sparked his kind of mighty change of heart, but he goes into a little bit more detail on this. He says, quote, I thought about it in, regard, in regards to opting out. And that when they gave us the option, I thought about all my options. I thought about my family and I took serious consideration in the things that could possibly happen. For me, I think the Broncos are doing a great job keeping us safe. There are always holes and there are always going to be holes. We're not a total bubble. It's not 100% like basketball. So there's always going to be holes. I feel like the job the Broncos are doing to keep us safe uh, were enough for me to not opt out. Last year, here's where it gets interesting, John. I didn't play to my standards. I didn't play to the sack master's standard. There was more for me to give. My coaches felt like there was more for me to give. That's interesting. My coaches felt like there was more for me to give. Most of all, I feel like I can give more and I can be more. I don't feel like I'm finished yet. I wanted to come back here and I wanted to play the best I possibly could I wanted to put everything into the offseason. I wanted to pour everything into myself and go out there and play the best that I possibly could and see what happens. Close quote. John, really the last thing he has to accomplish in terms of his trophy case, he's got the world championship. He's got Super Bowl 50 MVP. He's got eight Pro Bowls. He's got multiple All-Pro nods. The only thing he's really failed to accomplish as an individual player in the NFL is winning Defensive Player of the Year. This is the mindset of a Defensive Player of the Year. Now it's just a matter of making it a reality out on the grass. Yeah, I agree. I think looking for those final check marks for that uh, his his resume essentially, and I do think that that defensive player of the year is something to you know be a goal for him, uh, and it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of is there going to be a cast supporting enough around him to lead into more of those sacks. So I feel like there's a, a good chance for it, but. It's a lofty goal. You never know who else is going to produce a certain year. Um, so it, interesting to see, though. Last thing, and then we're going to get out of here, on Vaughn's impression of Jarrell Casey and what he'll bring to the Broncos this season. Quote, it's the exact same guy from the Pro Bowl. 
It's the exact same guy from the Pro Bowl. Some of the games we talked about, some of the drills that we worked on at the Pro Bowl, we talk about the same stuff here. He just gets it. It's just instant. When you've played as long as Jarrell and you've played as long as me, it's just instant in terms of chemistry. We don't have to work on stuff. I can say something, he'll pick it up instantly. I'll say some, he'll say something to me and I'll pick it up instantly. It's great to have a guy like that. Derek Wolf was great. We had eight strong years together, and I wouldn't be the type of pass rusher that I am today without Derek Wolf. I have Jarrell Casey here with me now, and I have to take advantage of that. I have to take advantage of his knowledge. I have to take advantage of his energy, his pass rushing energy. He's great to have out there. Today, we were just walking through some stuff, and I can already feel it. I could already feel how effective we'll be together. I'm just excited to go out there and practice, excited to be in pads, et cetera, et cetera. Von Miller is stoked that Jarrell Casey is in the house. And just like we saw at times how Derek Wolf would help kind of draw attention away to give Von Miller one-on-one opportunities, that's going to be only magnified and intensified with Jarrell Casey, who is a true bona fide pass rushing threat in his own right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think that there's going to be some great jumps and it's not going to be so much on Von Miller to make the perfect, uh, you know, move into timing the ball and when it's going to be snapped anymore. I think with Casey, there's going to be a lot of havoc going on. Uh, is it going to be similar uh, to, uh, as uh, JT said in, in, on Twitter, I'm not sure if you saw him, uh, is it going to be similar to Malik Jackson? He thinks it's going to be actually above Malik Jackson. Um, so it's one of those takes where you got to see what, what Casey can bring. Hopefully it's not just one year and it's multiple years. All right. Two more super chats that we got to get out of here for tonight. We got Dave from Georgia checking in. Love to see you, Dave. Thanks for joining us, my friend, a bona fide superstar. Anytime Dave is in the chat, he's showing love on super chat and we appreciate it. He says another great show guys. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you, my friend. You keep showing up. We'll keep producing the, the content, my dog. We got Glenn jumping back in, another superstar, as you all know. He says, remember when BB was apprehensive about appearing live? The guy is a stud on air, Bona Beast, no lie. I, uh, Chad is ridiculously good, but we all know that. Appreciate that, hashtag Glenn. I really do. I appreciate it. It's always awkward to read something like that out loud when I'm the one saying it and you're complimenting me. But the sentiment is appreciated, Glenn, and I know from on John's part as well. Yes, it is. Thank you. All right, guys. We got to bounce out here tonight. We're just crossed the one-hour mark. We'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night. Zach will be back. We'll have Terry on the show for the seventh installment of the Superstar segment, so look forward to that. Make sure in the meantime, gang, that you are – following the podcast on Twitter at huddle up pod. And again, I want to remind our super chat superstars, especially if you're new to being on super chat with us, connect with us on Twitter, reach out, let us know who you are. If your Twitter name is different than your YouTube name. Hey, this is who I am. Just so you know, you'll get a follow back from us. And that way we can connect and shout you out, show you some love on Twitter after these shows. Also follow at mile high huddle. Don't forget to check out the merch store when you get some time, gang. Another phenomenal way that we're consistently and continually adding to as time goes on. we got some really fun designs coming your way here in the very near future. And then don't forget to follow John on Twitter, as you can see here on the screen. And for those listening, at John, excuse me, at John, that's J-O-N-K-K-A-Y-M-H-H. You can find me at Chad and Jensen. Find our partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Zach, again, he'll be back tomorrow. And we thank each and every one of you for joining us here in the stream, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, all of you. We love you. 
mile high salute to our super chat superstars. You guys are literally the best. And John, dude, you crushed it. You did a Thank great you. job going in for Zach. And I appreciate you, you know, going out on a limb like this and, and pushing the boundaries of what you've done. And I hope it's been rewarding. I know it has, been. Has, has loved it and I've had a blast. Yeah, it's been definitely very rewarding and it's just something that it's getting more and more comfortable with. Can't wait though for tomorrow to be back in the background a little bit and let Terry shine. Cause that's something he's been waiting for. And I'm really excited to see some of his opinions on uh, some different takes. So I'm very excited to get Terry going as well as getting the belated birthday boy back in here. Amen. Yep. We're going to be celebrating Zach's birthday. So Make sure you're with us tomorrow night because it's also the Mile High Mailbag. So we're going to be juggling a few things. Zach's birthday, the Mile High Mailbag, Terry's appearance. It's going to be a gas. Don't miss out. But we got to bounce out for now. So for John Kay, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you guys tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.